It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, February 10th, 2022. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. With 25 new coronavirus infections on Monday and Tuesday, Sitka has dropped below 100 in its seven-day case count for the first time since January 4th. One person in Sitka is hospitalized with the virus. The Sitka School District is also reporting 14 cases currently isolating, a significant drop from the last two weeks. Statewide, there were just over 1,300 new cases reported on Tuesday, a 36 percent decrease over the previous week. The data suggests that Alaska's Omicron wave, like the rest of the nation, is subsiding. At its worst, the Omicron wave infected almost twice as many Alaskans as last fall's Delta wave, with almost 18,000 cases reported on January 25th. The worst day for Delta in the state was September 28th, with 9,000 new cases. Hospitalization rates for Omicron have generally been lower than for Delta, although there have been some severe cases and some fatalities. The State Department of Health on Wednesday added four new deaths to Alaska's total. Sitka will remain in high alert for COVID-19 until the seven-day average drops below nine. With just two months until the first cruise ships arrive, the Sitka Assembly finally has a plan to see the city through its biggest tourist boom in years. And that plan includes closing one of Sitka's main thoroughfares on days with high cruise traffic. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. From street signs to trash cans and additional bathrooms, Sitka is preparing to receive an estimated 480,000 cruise ship passengers this season, following the expansion of the privately owned Sitka Sound Cruise Terminal. After a lengthy planning process, the Sitka Assembly on February 8th finally approved the city's new short-term tourism plan. And with it, the decision to close about five blocks of Lincoln Street downtown on days with 3,000 or more cruise passengers. That's around 71 days out of the summer cruise season. The decision isn't universally popular. Shauna Thornton works at a local bank, and she's worried about access for customers with disabilities. She says they're looking to install a new ramp, but the ramp is expensive, and Thornton had concerns about the city's permitting process to install it. We're also looking at, um, for just the ramp, without being it shipped here, we're looking at approximately $15,000. And that's going to take out two of our parking spaces to go with that. Thornton was one of a few Sitkins who commented on the plan at the February 8th meeting, but it's not the only time the Assembly's heard public testimony on it. Last year, the Assembly tasked the Planning Commission with creating the plan for the summer's cruise season. Since then, the short-term tourism plan has been discussed at more than a dozen Commission and Assembly meetings combined. Much of that discussion has been focused on 2022, which is bringing nearly double the number of cruise visitors Sitka had in its previous biggest year. Kent Barkow said what the town really needs moving forward is more long-term planning and figuring out how to stem the tide. You know, faced with the kind of increases that we're faced with in cruise ship passengers that we need to really, we need to do some serious future planning and long-term planning and, and in my estimation, need to find out ways, figure ways to, to control the growth and the visitation of cruise ship passengers. There is more work on the horizon for the city's planning department, including a traffic study. But for now, Assemblymember Rebecca Hemshute said the plan needs to be flexible, especially if midway through the summer it becomes clear that certain aspects aren't working. And, and I hope that my yes vote can be understood to include latitude to adjust. It's not 
a hard and fast, we're gonna do this plan exactly how it is. Rather, we're gonna do this plan and adjust it as we need to and make room to improve. And I think there are some things coming for Sitka that could be good for all of us, not just visitors. So I want people to be open to the idea of some changes. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis said he would vote in favor of the plan, but expressed disappointment with the Lincoln Street closure. And he invoked the former mayor, Gary Paxton. As Gary Paxton likes to remind me, sometimes it's harder to deal with success than it is with failure. I think that's definitely what we're experiencing right here. Um, Not too many years ago, uh, we sat here wondering how we were going to get our visitor industry back from an all-time low of about 90,000 people, um, wondering what the next steps were for this community. Well, we found a solution to that. We dealt with that. Now we have almost half a million people coming, and so um, we'll, we'll find a way we'll deal with this as well. The tourism plan passed unanimously. The Assembly also approved a tourism budget for the city, including over $100,000 for additional staffing, $25,000 for supplies, and nearly $700,000 for equipment, like temporary restrooms, a new patrol car, an ATV ambulance, and bike racks. City staff plan to cover the bulk of the $1.1 million budget with money from the head tax collected by the state, more formally known as the Cruise Passenger Excise Tax Fund, which must be spent on services for cruise passengers. The budget does not include money for Lincoln Street closure. The Assembly will likely approve those funds at a future meeting. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. All-terrain vehicles may become street legal in Sitka after all. When the Sitka Assembly met on Tuesday, it approved on first reading new city code for ATV use on roads just weeks after the Assembly opted out of a new state law, allowing them. The breakthrough came from the efforts of an informal stakeholder group convened by Assembly members Tor Christensen and Dave Miller. The group hammered out some Sitka-specific rules about ATV use and won the unanimous support of the Police and Fire Commission, which had opposed the original state law as written. The new code will conform to state traffic laws requiring ATVs meet certain safety standards and legal drivers over 16 must obtain a state permit. But Sitka's language goes beyond that, requiring a local permitting process and police inspection of the vehicle. Assemblymember Crystal Duncan said she would support the ordinance, but she still had some concerns about safety. Duncan works for the Alaska Native Tribal Health Consortium. She said she dug into the organization's injury prevention program and found guidance on ATV use that gave her pause. And they said, when possible, ride on unpaved roads. The ATV's tires are not made for paved or loose gravel roads. You could lose control. So my concern in December was safety. I, I just need a refresher on how going at speeds of 45 miles per hour knowing that they were sort of built for off-road, how we're um, addressing that safety issue, and that's my one question. Assemblymember Tor Christensen said he thought the problem would be self-correcting. Because anybody who drives primarily on the street is going to get new tires. For starters, they're going to rip up their off-road tires. Guys who drive a lot, ride a lot, let me know. I mean, that that tra- that pavement's going to destroy those tires, I think, pretty quickly. So there are tires that we talked about requiring uh, street tires. I realize we didn't really address it directly in the ordinance, but it was definitely discussed about and decided that it was just too onerous of a requirement. Assemblymember Kevin Knox expressed concerns about the new rules opening up opportunities for a business to start an ATV tour operation on Sitka's roadways, and he suggested they amend the rule to only allow residents ATV permits. 
Municipal Attorney Brian Hansen said that could present constitutional challenges. Assemblymember Kevin Mosier agreed with Knox's concerns, but he gave the measure his support nonetheless. I don't like the idea of uh, if somebody set up a business and you have tourists running around in, in town. That doesn't give me warm fuzzies, to be honest with you, because I, I agree. I don't think that all the tourists are going to have the same respect that, say, this ATV community has. So uh, it's something we wouldn't want to keep our eye out, if possible. But I'm going to vote for, yes for this. Thank you. Sitka's new ATV code passed by a unanimous vote on first reading. You can read the code on our website, kcaw.org. Authorities say a 54-year-old woman survived after jumping into the frigid waters of Tongass Narrows on Tuesday night. KRBD's Maria Dudzak has the story of the successful rescue. Ketchikan Police Lieutenant Andy Berenson says a call came in around 8.30 p.m. Tuesday that was relayed by dispatchers. Officers were advised as well as the Coast Guard uh, that a female uh, had jumped into the water on her own accord and had floated out to approximately 100 yards off of the shore in the area of uh, Birth One. That was near where witness LaDonna James was parked in her car talking to a friend when she saw a woman she didn't know pass by. She just walked up to the dock, took her backpack off and her coat and jumped. James dialed 911. I couldn't find her for a minute, but then she popped up on the other side and she was just yelling, help, help. And I was trying to get her to swim to us, yelling like, come on, come on, swim. You could do it. You could do it. But the current was like taking her, but she fought so hard. And in my mind, I kept thinking like, I need to keep talking so she can hear me so she'll, you know, fight. Coast Guard Station Ketchikan's officers wrote on Facebook that two of its vessels were in Nichols Passage conducting practice exercises at the time. One boat was able to immediately respond. Berenson says it was Coast Guard personnel who pulled the woman from the water and took her to shore. She was transported to Peace Health Ketchikan Medical Center. She didn't appear to be in physical distress. She was floating versus struggling to stay afloat. Seemed to be floating comfortably, but certainly you want to evaluate why a person puts himself in that situation, which is a concern as well as their medical treatment. You know, so you want to address both of those at the same time. The best way to do that is to get them to EMS and, and to the hospital. LaDonna James, the witness who summoned help, says she was glad to learn that nobody was hurt. I don't know who the lady is, but I'm very thankful that I was out there at that time. If you or anyone you know are in crisis, the number for the Alaska Care Line can be reached at one 877-266-HELP. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Maria Dudzak. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. 